Fantasy Focus Baseball is, of course, presented by LinkedIn Jobs. This is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hello, welcome. It is Thursday and it is July 1st and I am indeed, I'm Tristan H. Cockroft. The H, of course, stands for happy. Always happy. You know, it's baseball. How can you not be happy? Uh, Eric Carabell is off today. He is surely doing some sort of tour, checking out the world's greatest hammocks. And due to that, of course, I get to welcome in, as I love to do in these cases, my good friend, my colleague, my buddy, AJ Mass is joining me today to fill in with Eric. And of course, we've got Behind the glass. Oh, wait, but it's not glass. We're like all on this computer thing here. So we got a little different screen here. I got to welcome back Daniel Dopp. It's been a long time since we've been able to do one of these shows. Daniel's also here as well. So hello, AJ. Hello, Daniel. Howdy, howdy. Happy Canada Day to all of our uh, neighbors to the north and uh, in Buffalo, I guess, apparently. Indeed, indeed. I also hear it's a very important day. July 1st is a key day in the calendar. I think, Daniel, you know, you you were telling me before the show that July 1st is a big day for... It's a big day. I believe it's known as Bobby Bonilla Day. (laughs) Bobby Bonilla gets lots of money today. There you go. There you go. 1.193 1.193 million, I think. I'm sure, AJ, you're not, not pleased to hear about this one. <laughs> well, it's just, I'm a little jealous because Bobby and I were on the Mets at the same time, and uh, I don't get any more paychecks from the team after my tenure there. And he still it, does, it and ain't that right. just burns me a little. <laughs> ain't right. We got to fix that. I love the tune, though, Daniel. We'll do anything to get a uh, shameless tune into this song, as you know. One more time, right. really quickly. I just want to do yeah. this, Tristan. Sure. Bobby Bonilla gets more money than AJ, and AJ's mad. It's not his fault. He's just not Bobby. (laughs) I love the acoustic version of that one. Yes. (laughs) Well done. Sorry, AJ. All right. Well, we've got lots of great baseball stuff here. I want to, of course, AJ started on positive news. We do have some ups and downs in baseball, of course, but let's go over some of the big stories recently. And Here's a crazy thing. I don't think you would ever guess that I'd start a show by talking about Chris Bassett. But I think we need to. Seven shutout innings, three hits, seven strikeouts on Wednesday. Granted, it was against Texas. A great matchup, of course. But he has been remarkably consistent, productive. He's the number 14 starting pitcher for the season on the player radar. And he's number 10 in terms of points in points-based leagues. He's got at least five innings and 16 of his 16 of his 17 starts for the year, and he hasn't allowed more than four runs in any of his starts all season. Pretty remarkable stuff. And he's striking out roughly a batter per inning, which I can't say I expected. AJ, I mean, this is one of the bigger surprises of the year and still a bit beneath the radar. Yeah, I mean, I think you had a lot of pitchers this year that uh... – have come up and, uh, you know, we've been surprised uh, by a lot of their performances and Bassett's certainly one of them. I, you know, I don't necessarily see a sustained series of successes here. I, I think there's going to be some regression, but I certainly never expected to have them in the neighborhood of my top 30 pitchers, which I certainly do going forward. And that's, uh, you know, it's surprising, but you're going to get surprising. Enough. I mean, I didn't think I'd have Brandon Woodruff in my top five. So, you know, there are certainly... <laughs> surprises as the seasons go along and uh kevin gausman you know <laughs> yeah that's uh, gausman's one that's really taken me by surprise woodruff i'm not completely shocked by 
I'm pretty shocked by Bassett getting to that level. I am a little bit by Gosman as well. I, you know, I, I got to think these two keep it up. Just like you're saying, if you, for a points league ranker to put Bassett in his top 30 tells you all you need to know because we're leaning on those strikeouts. But the fact that he's giving you volume, he's on a team that'll win. He's got a good ballpark at home. Pretty impressive stuff. Absolutely. I mean, pitchers are giving you, on average, starters 5.6 innings per start. If that. It's about it's about that. That's not good. <laughs> uh, so you know when you get a pitcher who's given pitching into the seventh on the on the regular, that's that's gonna help you in points leagues. Assuming you know that they're going that long, they're not having that one blow up inning. You know, it's not like they're spotting the opposition seven runs like we've been seeing a lot yesterday. <laughs> He's not the only one doing great things. June was the Kyle Schwarber month, and since Monday's show, has it still been in, incredible and record setting? Another two home runs hit on Monday. He had another one on Tuesday. That gave him twelve home runs in a ten game stretch, and that tied the record in that span uh, set by Albert Bell in nineteen ninety five. Schwarber also has 18 homers in an 18-game stretch. And here's the interesting thing to me, AJ. Granted, he's helping the Nationals move up quite a bit in the standings. It is a bit competitive there with multiple teams in the race. But Schwarber himself for the year is only 52nd overall on the player rater, and he's the number 41 hitter, hitter alone, in terms of fantasy points. The only thing I could figure is that he's got eight doubles. He's not giving you the extra base hits. But it's a weird year for Schwarber. And Eric and I talked about him a, a week ago when he started this big streak as to what exactly is he. What is he for you the rest of the year? I think he's certainly a really solid outfielder. Uh, it, it helps that you need five outfielders in, in your lineups. And I think that if you had drafted him as like your, your five outfielder, and now you're getting one or two outfielder value, you're so far ahead of the curve of anybody else. Uh, it might be worth trading him, to be honest, uh, you know, and get yourself more improvement from your three and four guy. Uh, I think definitely he's a two-for-one type uh, acquisition type player right now. You're going to get two guys for him here. I still see him being a top top 75 hitter thereabouts the rest of the year. I, this hot streak isn't going to keep up, certainly. This is I... like an insane hot streak. But you're still going to get the production out of him. My, my, my concern with him is not as great this year as it would be in other years because you know I expect him to hit maybe 245, 250 the rest of the way. But when the league as a whole is batting 238, who, you know, that's still above average. <laughs> that's the thing. These low batting averages are not hurting you this year. I, I'm, I'm fine getting a 150 hitter who's going to give you 20 home runs because batting average is so low across the board. It's not a category you have to focus on or worry about. You, you know, the, the days of your, oh, Adam Dunn's going to drag my batting average all the way down. I'm going to lose if I have him. It, that doesn't matter anymore. Just throw batting average out the window if you're in a league that has batting average. Just... Take the hitters who are providing you with the offense. Yeah, the the only reactions I'd have to that are, do you think anything changes with the new rules lately, with the batting averages across the league going up between 10 and 15 points? I agree with you. Batting average is down overall, even with that correction during the month of June. Um, and, and in Schwarber's case, yeah, I, I don't think it really makes so much of a difference. I think he could easily hit 20 home runs the rest of the season, but maybe right now you can swap him off for, for you know, two players that'll help you plug in holes in your roster. I don't know. Do you, you, you have any, any reaction to the batting average change over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, I certainly, you know, I think it gets blown out of proportion when you see a day like yesterday when it seemed like, you know, you, oh, seven runs here, seven runs there, and both those teams lose <laughs> after a seven-run first inning. Uh, it's, it's been... <laughs> 
a surge there. But I watch the Mets a lot. I don't see what's, what's this uptick in batting average you're talking about. I don't see any uptick in batting average at all. We're lucky yeah. to get three hits out of the first six innings. Yeah. No, I, 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 I look at the league-wide number, and I'm like, where is this happening? I don't know, but uh, I'm with you. I don't, I don't make any rash uh, judgments here. We're going to get to the, one of those teams that lost despite scoring seven in the first, but I first want to throw in another great pitching effort that Herman Marquez of the Rockies, a guy who's been brought up a lot on the show this year because both Eric and I have him on the expert league teams. Uh, Eric has him in Tout Wars Mixed, and I have him in Tout NL. Herman Marquez takes a no-hitter into the ninth inning on Tuesday, and he winds up with a one-hit shutout where he was under 100 pitches. Here's the thing with him. He has five straight starts at cores with at least six innings and allowing one or fewer runs, and that ties the all-time record at that park that was set by Jason Jennings. So the next time he comes out, if he does that again, he's going to have the new record for anybody at cores in the history of that ballpark. Pretty impressive. One, he could get traded at the deadline. That is a possibility. But two, he's a Coors pitcher. AJ, what do you do here? Uh, I, I find it impossible to believe he doesn't get traded. I, before the season started, one of the reasons I was really high on Marquez, despite the coarseness of it all, is A, he tends to pitch better at Coors than he does on the road, uh, which is so it's one of those weird pitchers where he just doesn't seem to be bothered by the fact that he's pitching in Denver. But also, I thought for sure he was going to get traded this year because... That contract goes way up after this year. I think he's 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 definitely due double digit millions the next two seasons. And Colorado's not going to pay that. As soon as someone gets to that point, they're getting rid of this the the salaries. You know, story might be gone. And I think Marquez is pretty much a lock to be gone because they're not going to be paying anyone next year. Uh, so definitely. I've heard, I've heard uh, I was listening to the Mets broadcast yesterday, and they were both, uh, the announcers were talking about, they both think Marquez would be perfect for the Mets. I tend to agree, and I really hope that they, they grab him, because I've been targeting him since the preseason. That would be a sneaky good rotation if they got him. I'm pretty impressed by what the Mets have done already. Uh, $11.3 million in 2022 for Marquez, 15.3 in 2023, to your point. Yeah, I do think he is going to be one of the top names traded there, so we'll see how that goes. All right, let's get to one of those uh, seven-run games here because there was an awesome player on the mound who was uh, anything but awesome in this one, and that was Shohei Otani. He recorded only two outs. On Wednesday, and he surrendered seven runs. He had no control at Yankee Stadium. His first start there, he was in the lineup. He batted in the first, flew out, and then he was out, and the Angels had their pitcher in the order. Now, despite all that, let's sing the praises of Shohei Otani, because we do it a lot on the show, and we should. He has been amazing this year, and one bad outing I don't think changes much of anything for me. Still a top three player, Raider player for the month of June. Despite that game, that tells you a lot about how well he's done. I don't know whether the pitching numbers come into the play there. Uh, that probably has something to do with the 11 homers he hit in his previous 13 games that gave him the MLB lead by two. He has 28 homers. He also, AJ, has 406 fantasy points for the year, and that's 75 more than any other player. And granted, you can't use it all. You have to use him as a hitter or a pitcher. But that is extraordinary. It, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I had him... No, my top 100 preseason, figuring I, I was I was not expecting the pitching to be this good, quite frankly. And the, you you do have that thing where you can use him as a pitcher or as a hitter, and it it's it's that cuts into the value so much. But I mean, I have him as my a top 20 hitter the rest of the way. Uh, and when I do my points rankings each week, I have to then 
elevate him to, to the first round, you know, the top 10, because the pitching stats are going to add into that. Uh, I know you can't really use it, but, uh, you know, hopefully you're playing in a league where you've, you've figured out a way where you can, because I, I, I still think that we should come to a point, hopefully next year we'll have the DH in both leagues, we won't have to worry about it. Um, I think pitchers' batting stats should count. I, yeah, I think when, when a position player goes to the mound and pitches, that should count. I think everything a player sh- does on the field should count if, if, we're, if we measure it in, in our leagues. And I know that's not the way it is right now, but I really wish it would. Uh, you know, Otani is amazing. I'm not saying we're looking at a once-in-a-lifetime talent here, uh, but we're looking at a once-in-a-generation spectacle. And and that's what's fun about it. Just even the fact that he's attempting this, I don't know how how, how much the arm's going to last. You know, I, I I worry about it every time he takes the mound. Just like every time Strasburg takes the mound, I worry that like that's going to be the last time we're ever going to see him pitch. But uh, it's just so much fun to watch, isn't it? It is. It's one of the great things about baseball. He is doing everything that was advertised in the first year he came to the States, and I am just thrilled to watch it. And I hate the fact that on the show that Eric and I have discussed this before, to what degree do you worry about potential injuries and missed time during the second half? I don't want to think about it. I have to think about it, but I don't want to think about it. And I agree with you that every time he takes them out, I worry about it just a little bit. I love your idea that once we get the DH that you could get credit for the uh, pitchers getting credit for their hitting stats because... The bad hitting pitchers aren't going to bat that much unless a manager screws up their lineup. I, I like that thought. Do you cash in the Otani chip, though? If you have him in the first round, do you think it's wiser to stick with him and expect those first-round numbers, or do you cash in that chip today? Obviously, it's always a question of what you're getting in return, and, and can you get something that matches I think his value is so high right now that I don't know that you can get a proper return from him. It, mm-hmm. it, it becomes uh, you kind of have to keep them and keep them in your lineup and just hope that nothing happens to them or, or you know you you roll with them like real deep into august and then say all right now the returns that i get from him you know aren't going to be worth as much as maybe improvement in two other positions mm-hmm. uh but I, I'm, I'm not giving this up right now i i know there's there's the risk but if you have Degrom, you're not trading Degrom, and he's got risk every time he goes to the mound as a pitcher you know uh, you got you. you and got he can it. hit, but not quite as well. <laughs> and then he doesn't get credit for it either, which again, it's, it's, it's yeah. so frustrating. Uh, yeah, more more RBIs than runs allowed. <laughs> Jeez, I know, incredible, right? <laughs> Even with the two runs the other day, that's yeah, that's pretty it's amazing. Cl- it's that he's close, yeah. <laughs> I know it's definitely close. If the return for Otani, let's say it was Mookie Betts and Chris Bassett, do you go for it? Is that about right? Is that not enough? Too much? Like where where are we looking? I think then you're starting you're starting to talk about it again. Then it goes into your confidence in Bassett keeping it up there. But mm-hmm. um, you definitely want uh, a top twenty hitter in return plus something at this point, quite frankly, because you, I mean the power numbers alone uh, that he's putting up here are are just so amazing. If he wasn't a pitcher, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and if you're like I said, if you're playing in a league where you can at least get those pitching stats every so often, yeah, yesterday it was, it was a horrible pitching performance. But every, every starting pitcher is entitled, as far as I'm concerned, three mulligans in a full season, uh, and, and that's just one of Otani's mulligans. And he didn't pitch. He didn't pitch deep into the game. So even though he's going to probably get his proper rest and not pitch, uh, you know, that's less wear and tear on the arm for one innings work. Uh, it, it's it's actually probably a good thing in the long run. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> 
They have the All-Star break coming up. They can shuffle the rotation a little bit. I think he's going to get one more start against Boston. They could always just skip that one. They have, have the option. I think they could push him back after the break. There are, there are opportunities here for, for him, and I think he's going to hit great. And I love the fact he's in the home run derby. We'll see how that goes. Um, in that game, some other things happened. As you mentioned, the team that scored seven, the Yankees, did not win. And one of the reasons was that their closer gave up a grand slam to Jared Walsh. So it kind of tees up the good old closer carousel. Hey, Daniel, you, you guys sang a cool uh, closer, car- uh, closer carousel, right? This is one of my favorite songs to do. But if you got something good. No, what I, I might have something good, but never better than you, Tristan. Please, I need to hear your closer carousel. The closer carousel goes a little like... And it's the closer carousel. Uh, that was really... Actually, that Chapman. was so good, Tristan. Not to, that's my favorite one. I, I mean, I'll tell you, the, the, other, the others are a little bit tougher, but I enjoy the closer carousel. I don't know what it is, that <laughs> tune. So, Chapman... Not so good lately. And AJ, I've got to bring up the question now. He has pitched that ineffectively that it's worth pointing out through June 5th. 12 of 13 in saves. He had a 0.39 ERA, 43 Ks in 23 games. And he was either, depending on your calculation, the number one or two fantasy reliever. Since then, eight games, four saves, two blown. He's given up 12 runs, 11 earned, three homers, 13 hits, eight walks, and five and two-thirds innings, and he's not getting strikeouts either. So what are you doing about him and the Yankee bullpen? Well, you know, I wrote an article that uh, went up on ESPN.com yesterday. Uh, it's my annual look at pitchers, uh, relief pitchers and closers in particular and whether or not they're going to lose their job based on one stat and one stat alone, and that is the FBA, the batting average of the first batter that they face uh, when they enter a game. Um, the reason I like using this stat is because a closer is the team's closer until the manager just decides that they don't trust them anymore. That, that is the only qualification for being a closer. You, you get the job, and then your manager can trot you out there all season long if he wants. It's when he loses faith, that's when you lose the job. Uh, you know, a pitcher like Chapman has a lot of capital that he's earned over the years and also this season. So it's going to take a lot more to get him out of the job than it would, you know, someone who's doing it for the first time. Uh, you know, a Lou Trevino, for example. Like, you know, not exactly someone who's like, oh, 15 years I've rolled with this guy. So it's going to take a lot for Chapman. Now, Chapman has certainly done poorly enough that it's, it's a conversation now. Uh, his... FBA uh, entering yesterday was 200. Uh, 200 is still pretty good. Uh, it, the 248 is the danger zone for me here, but you know, a couple more outings, yeah, you're definitely going to have to start looking into it because there are replacements like Chad Green's 167, Lois Iga's 179. Uh, I think perhaps if Britain were healthy and, and there, we'd, we'd have a, more of an argument to worry right now. I think Chapman might miss the next save opportunity and give one of the other guys a, a chance. Uh, it's, it's a conversation that needs to be had, but I don't think he's losing the job anytime soon because, again, I, I think managers have a long memory of, of this guy's done the job, and it takes a lot to get one of these entrenched closers out of there. 
AJ, I'm glad you brought up the column that you wrote there because this is one of my favorites that you do. Uh, I don't know if you still do it annually, I think. Well, last year, you know, was a weird year. I didn't so. do it last year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, this is one you do every year. And the reason I want to raise this is that it has been very effective at identifying the out-of-nowhere closer blow-ups. You have had, and I'm trying to remember the examples. I think Jonathan Broxton was one of them that you nailed one year. And yeah, nobody Broxton saw and that Soria. Coming. Broxton and Soria. Soria. Uh, yeah, yeah, those were the two Joaquin that Soria. came out of nowhere. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely something people should check out. What I love is that you, you covered, if I I didn't do the exact count here, but it looked like you covered all 30 teams. Yeah, I covered all 30 teams because there's so many confusing situations to begin with. You know, with, with the, you know, the Eric's Phillies and Hector Neris and, uh, hey, you're not the closer, mm-hmm. but you're still getting the save today. Like, what? <laughs> That's just yeah. a bizarre situation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you got the 15 injuries in Cincinnati. It's, it's like, yeah, there's there's a lot of muddle out there. And, like, even a guy who I, I don't think is necessarily uh, – someone who's doing a really great job. Melanson in, in, in San Diego is doing a great job, but they're in third place. They don't have a lot of wiggle room there, and he's got a 300 FBA. And I just think at some point, uh, you know, if, if Craig Stammen doesn't have to do these spot starts, I think either him or, or Pomerantz are going to be going to be moved in there, uh, especially when you got a manager who, like, you know, Tingler needs to make the playoffs with this team. Like he, he his, his leash as oh, a yeah. manager They're is not is not very long. So, uh, you know, I I don't know how Melanson does it, but he's certainly someone I'm I'm looking at as as uh, Danger Will Robinson. You know, hmm. I like that thought. Maybe we'll see how that plays out. I'm you know I'm usually scared by uh, Mr. Melanson. He's had a great <laughs> year so far. A couple of shakier outings lately. Uh, so you mentioned the Phillies. Mm-hmm. We should really talk Phillies quickly. Who would you invest in here? We had uh, Jose Alvarado with the Dirty Fuentes. A Daniel favorite. That's a throwback. The Dirty Fuentes. I feel like that was one of my first things that I ever remembered on this show was a Dirty Fuentes. He did. He had uh, two runs, two hits, a walk, and an inning and a third, but he got the save on Tuesday. Archie Bradley got the save on Sunday. AJ, who are you, who are you taking? Uh, well, I'm avoiding the team entirely this week, but I, 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 do, I do think at some point Neris gets it back. I, I, I think just the usage uh, there, you, you see that even when, when Girardi's going to make a big proclamation, Hector is no longer my closer! Uh, and then he's like, uh, but we got a doubleheader, and I kind of need to use him today. Uh, yeah, uh, Alvarado is getting the saves, but like you said, they're not inspiring confidence. And the walks, yeah, they're not inspiring confidence either. Uh, you know, and a lot of the, a lot of the blown saves or, or negative uh, outcomes really exacerbated by the stupid and asinine runner starts on second rule in the extra innings. I mean, it's screwing up a lot of the impression that we have with these relievers when, really, you give up a leadoff base hit, that could lose you a game. A little dribbler up the middle, and the game's over. So uh, that's also factoring in, and I think the Phillies especially, uh, you know, he's Naris hasn't done poorly. It's just that he's had a couple of outings that all have coalesced in one. The good news for him is that no one else has stepped up. Uh, and so I think yeah. that he'll get the job back eventually. Uh, and I, you know, you know, this too shall pass. This bad, bad stretch will pass. It, it, you know, you have pitchers like this every year. You know, I, as a Mets fan, I've had to sit through years of the standard Uris Familia inning, which is I'm going to oh. walk a batter. There's going to be an infield hit, and then there's going to be a force play where the guy bobbles the ball, and then I'll strike out the side. And yes, that's a save, but it's also like. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, Neris is just having one of those familia-like seasons. He kind of is. I'm starting to think, is Alvarado that new familia, you know? That, yeah, yeah, that really you, messy inning. <laughs> when you don't have anyone who's like just coming in and saying, you know what, for the next week, I'm going to do enough to make my manager go, you know what, I like this guy. That you know, then the guy takes the job, but that's not happening there. So eventually, Girardi's going to go back to the guy he gave the job to at the beginning of the season. The other bullpen I wanted to get to is Baltimore's, and yeah, I mean, come on, it's Baltimore's not winning a lot of games, granted, but Cole Sulcer getting the save on Wednesday was his second in six days. So AJ, I ask, he's got a one fifty three ERA and a thirty percent K rate in his past seventeen outings. Is this juice the orange material? Is it something more, or is it ah, forget about this? Yeah, I think again, this is a situation where you don't really have any established guy sitting there right now in that bullpen. So you throw everybody out there. I think Fry's done a better job. Uh, I think Fry will continue to do a better job. I mean, he actually pitched yesterday. Uh, you know, he got the uh, four or five outs before he went to Salser, uh, and and he managed to get the hold, which is which is important. You know, uh, yeah, they're they're probably going to both tag team for a while there. You know, Hunter Harvey hasn't done anything that's going to make me make me think that he's going to jump in and suddenly overtake both guys. I would prefer Fry over Salser, but. You know, like I said, we always say even the bad teams get the wins and they get the saves. Uh, maybe not in the numbers that you want, but this is just crazy baseball this year in, with these bullpens. There's no one out there, very few people out there, you know, like Will Smith I like. Will Smith, uh, you know, led a you know, barring injury, fine. Liam Hendricks, absolutely locked in. But there aren't a lot of people who I'm going to go... Oh, there's no way that they could, they could be removed from this job because the, I don't think that exists anymore. It really doesn't. Not not in the current state of the game. Mm-hmm. I also don't know that we can say there's no way this guy won't keep the job. So maybe. But you know what? I probably feel the same today about Solcer as I did about Cesar Valdez on opening day. And that went all right for a little while, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you know, I guess. Sometimes you got to piece saves together that way. That's it. You know, you need you need to have maybe four or five guys that that you know the Tampa Bay Rays process is not a bad one. Like you know what? Hey, this guy blows a save. Bring in the next guy, and we'll just keep doing that until uh, the season's over. And you can still make the playoffs that way. Uh, you know, when you put all your eggs in a, in the same basket of you know like a Kenley Jansen, like the Dodgers have done for the past you know X number of years. You know, when that goes, that's going to go, and you need to have someone with experience backing you up there. There's, you know, there's a lot of teams don't have that guy if that were to happen. So, changing to a different non-closer topic, AJ, I'm curious your perspective on the Milwaukee Brewers. They've had a trio of double-digit run games in the past week, and here's where they're standing now from June. I like looking at the June stats now that we have 30 days in the bank. First in the National League in runs per game. They're fifth in the National League in weighted on base average for the month. They're first in the majors in walk rate. And here's the thing about the Brewers. Every single one of their hitters besides Christian Yelich is available in at least 40% of ESPN leagues. So, team-wise, are you buying I'm buying somewhat. It is kind of funny that, you know, with all the runs they scored yesterday, Yelich didn't do a darn thing. <laughs> like, they're mm-hmm. they scoring 15 runs, and he's like, oh, I'm 0 for 5. Hi, what's going on, guys? Uh, I mean, I'm buying in that a lineup gets hot, and it kind of can uh, inspire the team to uh, perform for a week, two weeks. I- I'm buying that they're probably better today than I thought they were in May. But on the whole, I'm not going to even let one month uh, 
suddenly surge them all up my rankings. You know, I'm, I'm quickly scrolling through my rankings here. I don't really see a lot. Uh, let's 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 do it by a quick uh, maybe a yes or no, or uh, you know, you you juice the orange on them, or you lock them in, or just no thanks. Take take your pick. Any of those, you could do yes, no, or any of the three different types here. Let's throw Keston Hira. What do you think of Hira? I, I I can't buy in long term. I think let's let's trade him now while he's hot. I mean. Not that I'm going to blame a guy for the two previous uh, stints this season when he didn't do very well. Uh, you know, third time's the charm. Uh, yeah, I, I'd rather get rid of him now uh, while you know the the uh, you know the swings in the right direction there. Mostly with you on that one. I I'd, I'd go ahead and use him for now, but I I'm with you. I'm a little worried long term. Luis Arias. He's been the number one or two hitter for most of the month. He's either leading off or hitting second. Generally lead off now. Yeah, I, I think he's do, done a really nice job of, uh, you know, again, the whole team is, like, kind of building on each other there. Uh, I think there's so much so much uh, that you can get on the waiver wire, even at this point, where I, I'll trade high on him. Really, I'm probably going to say that for everybody except maybe Willie Adamas, who I really do like, and I think he's kind of... <laughs> that was the next one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, he's the guy who, like, I really, I, I see this as, oh, he's getting back to, like, where he should be. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's definitely a guy who, bare minimum, is going to give you 10th round value. Uh, bare minimum. And anything you get more than that is gravy, and I think that he's the type of guy I, I, I'd like to hang on to. Uh, the rest of the team, uh, you know... You write the hot streak. It's the same thing with like with like Tampa yeah. Bay when Tampa Bay gets hot and they all surge together and they kind of all collapse together. It's like if, if you, if you hit you hit those streaks at just the right time, you're going to finish for first place. And if you don't, you're finishing in last. <laughs> I, I think I'm dead on with the valuation of those guys. Arias, I like just for the opportunities against lefties and against weaker pitchers. The only one you didn't bring up that I kind of like. This is my favorite. Get him at the end of your draft and make him my fifth outfielder. I like Avisel Garcia. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things where I, I actually do have him. He's the highest-ranked player, a hitter on the Brewers that I have other than other than Yelich. Uh, other than Yelich. Yeah. yeah. I just don't trust him. <laughs> I, I, it's just one of those personal things. Like, when I do my rankings, what I try to do, I strip the names off the jerseys. You know, I, I, I run the stats through my algorithms, and I rank the players based on the stats that we've projected. Uh, and then I go and put the names back on, and I go, huh. And, you know, I think that's a very smart exercise to do because we all have our personal biases of players. Uh, and if, you know, you put, like, if you put Mike Trout in a healthy season, start of the season, if you put Mike Trout 50, you're going to go, I can't, well, that's got to be wrong. I've got to move him up to number, you know, it's, a, it's the first round. Well, the same thing happened, obviously, he wouldn't be 50, but you, you, you know what I'm saying there. It would stand out to you like, you know, that valuation must be wrong. But you do it with a player like Garcia and you go, huh. He's a lot higher than I expected. Uh, personally, I'm not going to buy in, but yet the numbers keep telling me that. So uh, I'm with you yeah. there. It's just I, I can't personally take my own personal bias out of it. That, that is exactly why I like him, because that is spot on to the perception everybody has about Avisel Garcia, at least I think. So let's get to another favorite part of the show here. And I think we know what this one is. So who's in the mood for a tune? Who wants to jump in and sing some combo meals? Anyone? Hey, it's a combo meal! Combo. A home run. It's a combo meal. Home run pastille. I love it. It's a group effort. All right. That's our new acapella group. We'll be touring starting next week. I'm sure we're going to do great. No question about it. Where in the world is Adalberto Massini? 
These players were making moves earlier this week, and Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. The combo meals, it was a notable week, as I said. Every one of the players who did this since Monday's show has at least five career combo meals. On Tuesday, we had none on Monday. On Tuesday, we had combo meals from Whit Merrifield, Tommy Pham, Marcus Semien, that was his third of the year and that ties for second in the league, and Michael A. Taylor. And on Wednesday, we had three combo meals. One by Ozzie Albies, had an amazing game with two homers and seven RBI and one stolen base. Uh, that actually earned him, AJ, the honor of the Player Raiders' number one player for the month of June, Ozzie Albies. How about that, huh? You're welcome. <laughs> Glad we could throw a position player in there at the end to serve up a gopher ball for you. <laughs> Patted his stats, got it by way of that. Hey, it all counts for us in the record books. Albie's just, you know, he's looked very good. He's been a little inconsistent, but I went back and checked his game logs. He's been reasonably productive all year, kind of like Semyon. Semyon over in the American League, Albie's over in the National League. They've both been pretty darn good for the value you paid for them. I, you know, you, you basically you're writing me off a list of top 40 hitters for me on my, on my ranking, so it's mm-hmm. it's not a surprise for me uh, there. I mean, I think Semyon would probably be a surprise for a, a lot of people who still have this perception of him as, as from his days in Oakland, but that, that Toronto lineup is another one of those lineups. I just think that just feeds the success, and it just you know, when they all start to hit all as a unit, you know, and you get uh, you get Vlad in there as hot as he is, <laughs> uh, Bichette, you know, they all start, you know, driving each other in and run, running around the bases, and, you know, then they'll go like, you know, three games without getting any runs at all. But, you know, again, you catch the lightning, they all kind of feed on each other. It's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Indeed. I love the top part of that lineup. Actually, I mean, the whole lineup's been pretty Oh, I, I, I was talking about Teoscar <laughs> from the get-go there. I love what Teoscar's doing there. Yep. Teoscar, the guy I wish I had gotten in labor. <laughs> Still pains me today. Uh, Dylan Moore had the second one on Wednesday. That was his third of the year. So he is tied with Semyon. They are one behind the Major League's leader, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr. He has four. The third one was the big story. And he's a very, very... Big name, AJ. You know him. Trey Turner. On his 28th birthday, Trey Turner gets a cycle and a combo meal. So it is the famous cycle meal, and this is a pretty rare thing. And it gives me an opportunity, since we know Trey Turner is really great in fantasy, that I can go ahead and provide trivia, trivia that AJ won't know. Uh, Turner cycle meal. That's, as I said, the combo meal while hitting for the cycle. It was the 28th in Major League history. AJ, can you name the other two active players who have a cycle meal? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to the answer on that one later in the show. We'll see if you have any guesses. It's a, it's a tough one. Uh, it did come up on the show a couple years back when the most recent one was done. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to the trivia then. A um, couple other quick notes just to throw, see what your thoughts are on these. AJ, the Blue Jays and Marlins had that trade. Corey Dickerson, we talked about the Blue Jays before. Corey Dickerson and Adam Simber went to the Blue Jays. Uh, Joe Panic, Andrew McInvale, uh, and cash considerations back to the Marlins. The only reason to, that this comes up to me is he is a lefty going into a lineup that has a lot of righties. Do you have any concerns there about the impact on the outfielders playing time or fantasy value? Not really. I, I think it's just another piece to the puzzle there. Actually, uh, Simber's, the, Simber's the part of the deal that really intrigues me there because I think this is a pitcher who's coming in with a clean slate uh, to a team that, you know, there's, there's, again, it's not the established closer there. I think that, that there's a chance, an outside chance, but there's a chance that after a few uh, 
outings there in high-level situations, uh, Simber might be actually getting into the mix there. I, I wouldn't be stunned by it. You know, obviously Merriweather coming back from injury soon. So uh, th- there's going to be opportunities there. I, I, I would keep an eye on the situation. I'm, I'm not saying pick him up, but the, uh, that was, to me, the most intriguing part of the deal. Simber, in fact, could step in as the Tyler Rogers part of a partnership, too. It's a it's a good thought there, throwing, throwing Simber's name out. Because I don't think people look at the... Uh, look at him as that tight for saves, but you never know. In that bullpen with what they've had to deal with this year? Exactly. <laughs> um, one other bit of news that t- uh, kind of brings back a, a previous topic on the show, AJ. Uh, Eric and I talk a lot about the Astros rotation. We were mentioning that while there's no clear Cy Young guy, not not a clear top player in the game type, every one of them is reliable, but they lost one of their key players when Jose Urquidy uh, went in a 10-day, 10-day IL with right shoulder discomfort. Now, the schedule allows them to do this. They can buy him time. They don't need to go with a six-man rotation. But, AJ, I just want to bring up the Astros rotation and give get your thoughts on it. Uh, as a points league ranker, how do you feel about the Astros? Do you think that this has any impact on any of the, the other guys, uh, the, the workloads that they're facing for the year? Uh, I, I don't necessarily think so. I think... Uh... You know, I, this is the one time where a manager will have an impact. I think a lot of times it's just uh, whoever they put on the lineup card, you know, if they hit, they'll play. If they pitch, they'll, they'll stay in the rotation. Uh, you know, they, they can figure out who's the closer or not. That's important. Uh, and I think they can determine how much rest they're going to give these guys and whether or not they want to play the yo-yo and, and get that guy who keeps coming up from the minors to, to push him back or go with the bullpen game. Uh, that's that's where the impact is. I th- I don't really have a lot of the Astros pitchers anywhere near my must-have on your roster. You know, I think they're almost all in the streaming range, and I don't mm-hmm. think that really changes. I mean, for Houston, their relievers appeal to me a lot more than their starters, uh, quite frankly, I, I, in terms of just you know being interested. You know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll eat Anolis Canolis any time. You know, <laughs> throw, throw, throw them out there. <laughs> I'm fine with having them on my team. You know, it, it's, it's the, you know, these these middle middle to late uh, guys who aren't the closers who can just you know you throw in there if you have daily moves where you can get two good innings and get out two good innings and get out you, you need to find those guys too uh but for the, for the starting rotation uh, I, I tend to stay away to be honest with you i'm, I'm looking to like you know maybe i like framber a little bit uh but that's about it you know <laughs> yeah i was gonna throw you a keep one trade one so would valdez be your keep one I think so. I think he's 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 the one I like the best in in terms of mm-hmm. uh, who I think is undervalued, uh, and he's yeah. he's the one I would I would probably want to keep or maybe trade for. Um, whereas I, I mean, Grinky certainly we know what Grinky is, but I, I don't really see any change in value with him going forward. And, and he's he's okay, but I think I take the upside of, of Valdez. Who would you trade away out of the five? <laughs> you have to trade one. I have to trade one. Yeah. See what I get for Jake. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I actually think I'd go and get Jake right now. So you and I could call with a good trade Pro- there. Probably. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like you know, he's he's okay. I, I, I don't I don't yeah. see him getting a lot of value going forward, but you know, could do better than he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. What, I'm curious to see what Jake Odorizzi fetches on the trade market in leagues. I, I'm I'm with you that that's it's variable. He's probably the most variable of that group. 
Let's get to the schedule. So, Daniel, you know, the throwback we had for schedule, we used to have, uh, I, I think we had a great drop for our for our daily schedules thing. We don't have one these days. I haven't been singing anything. I don't know. If you can muster up a tune, you got a great chance right here. Daily schedules? That's what we're talking about right now? We're talking about the matchups for the weekend. It's the matchups for the weekend. Brought to you by Christine. See, listeners, like I say. He's got he's got the perfect voice for this. I need you to sing these for well, me. It'll actually, sound better I, on the I, show. I will say, oh. since it's Canada Day, can we get away with? Hey, we've got the matchups for the weekend. <laughs> oh, so good, AJ. I love the music on this podcast, man. This is so Squadcast great. high five, AJ. That was well done. <laughs> awesome. So yes, when we have candidate candidate today has five day games. They begin at one o five p.m. Eastern. So I'm hoping you're watching the Twins of the White Sox on ESPN Plus right now because that's the Jose Barrios and Carlos Rodon game. Uh, the day games, you probably have already set your lineup, so let's look at the night. Another good pitching matchup, the Mets of the Braves. That's Jacob deGrom at Ian Anderson. So clearly deGrom is giving up three home runs to Ozzie Albies, no doubt. Right, AJ? That's going to happen. Uh, well, if I'm watching, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he's great when you don't watch. Don't watch. Uh, well, I haven't watched him pitch in, in months. That's why he's doing so. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously deGrom oh, is, is someone you're going to get in there. I, I'm interested to see what uh, Kikuchi's going to do against the Blue Jays. I, uh, I, I know that's a day game, but I, I'm interested to see that one as well. Uh, Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto's not been doing too badly lately. I'm I, interested to see what yeah, he against is, the Diamondbacks. I, I'll go with him. That is the ESPN game at 940 Eastern. Cueto's going up against Merrill Kelly in Arizona. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's an interesting one. So, Daniel, you had the, uh, the, the show rule on Monday. We were doing yes-nos, I think, correct? That is correct. We were doing yes-nos. Yeah, I, I like that. So I, I threw a couple of names down just as thoughts here. Um, AJ, would you or wouldn't you? And Daniel, if you want to jump in with the would you or wouldn't you, feel free. But Patrick okay. Corbin, three straight quality starts. He goes up against the Dodgers at home. Uh, no. I'm with you on that. i just not a Corbin guy. Adam Wainwright takes his five straight quality starts to that place called Coors Field. You know what? I want to say yes. I am not as afraid of Coors Field as I used to be. I really aren't. <laughs> the Rockies are on pace, I believe, for their worst offensive output at Coors in the franchise's history. So I, I like it. I don't think he goes deep is all. Uh, you could take some streaming opportunities here. Zach Eflin gets the Mar- uh, the Marlins. Framber Valdez, who you mentioned before, AJ, is in Cleveland. Tony Gonsolin is in Washington, uh, thoughts on any of those? Yes, no's? Uh, no on Gonsolin. Uh, yes on, on uh, Mr. Valdez. How about Eflin? Eflin? Hmm. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no on Eflin there. We are almost spot on on that. I lean a little more towards yes, but I like the hesitation. I like Thank it. you. Thank you. I'll hesitate Friday. all day if you want. <laughs> <laughs> We have plenty of time to make those decisions because on Friday, the the game started 6.05 Eastern. That's the Padres at Phillies game. Uh, ESPN Plus at 7.05 has the Brewers at the Pirates. That is Adrian Hauser versus JT Brubaker. Uh, and the Pirates, just as a note here, maybe it doesn't matter for fantasy, but if you're looking at stacking opportunities, they're going to a six-man rotation until the All-Star break. So, <laughs> you know, opportunities perhaps. The Subway Series! Tristan! Hold on, can I interrupt you really quickly? I apologize. Absolutely, yeah, no problem. 
Uh, a friend of mine whose name is JB, we've actually had him on the show before. His name is JB Brubaker. Uh, he is a guitarist at a band called August Burns Red. Actually tweeted at JT Brubaker because they're like so closely, you know, their names are so close to each other. It was a cute little like fantasy thing. Only because JB is a friend of the podcast and we've had him yeah. on the show. Uh, I was just talking to him last night, and uh, and so I just wanted to say that I just thought it was really cool. JT Brubaker and JB Brubaker was I, funny to me. I like that. How's JB doing? Because he he's tweeted us questions many many times over the years. JB is a big fan of the show. He's an unbelievable dude. Their band actually just released a new music video called Bloodletter, so go check that out. Uh, also, he's in Scott Fishbowl if you're into uh, if you're into fantasy football. So JB's, oh, wow. JB's doing well. He'll, there'll be a lot of competition for us, Tristan. I got to see if he's in my league. Yeah, yeah. I'm, fi- yeah, I'm we'll in that see. finally, and that was thanks to you guys with the fantasy football yeah. focus. So, <laughs> <laughs> that little joke that went on there. <laughs> yeah, it was yes, good. I can confirm that I am in the uh, the, the SFB eleven. I think is the hashtag, right? <laughs> uh, all right, Friday. So, AJ, it's the Subway Series. Aren't you excited? The Subway Series begins Friday. That is the Taiwan Walker versus Garrett Cole game on Friday. We've got Marcus Stroman versus Michael King on Saturday. And Tyler McGill versus Jamison Tyone on Sunday, which is the Sunday night baseball game. That is at 7 o'clock Eastern. I don't know what to say. I, I always feel the Subway Series is overrated myself. Uh, you know, the best part about it is that neither of the teams have to travel. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that long trip on the subway car, yes. You can sleep in their own beds regardless. It? It's uh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh yeah, I think the hype is uh more than it's worth. I, this year again because now there's fans gonna be in attendance, I think it'll probably even be more hyped than usual. Uh but in terms of the games, I mean, look, the the hitters hit, the pitchers pitch. Uh, to me, it's just another game when when I'm looking at it for fantasy purposes. It, you know, unless they're both in the pennant race, it, it doesn't really have any greater import than any other game. Uh, same thing, you know, when you get you know St. Louis playing Kansas City. Do we all make a big deal about it? No, we do not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the freeway series, isn't it? I'm trying to remember. The I seventy six series. <laughs> I-76, Beltway Series for Orioles and Nationals. There's a couple other ones, too, like that. And then, of course, that infamous Padres and Mariners rivalry. I know that. I always get excited for that. <laughs> Looks like a pitching duel on Friday, a 3-2 Mets victory, clearly, on that game. Saturday, a complete Mets 8-1 to blowout of the Yankees. And Sunday, very clearly, that will be the slugfest where it's like 13-9, to and I don't even know who's going to win that game. Yeah, and we'll be up, right, we'll be right, up until on. like uh, 2 a.m. watching that one. <laughs> yeah, Sunday night... Games are actually ending at a reasonable time for me. I'm liking that these days. Um, Friday, Tampa Bay is expected to call up Luis Patino for that game. It's a game at Toronto, however. But Patino, just from a broad perspective, you don't have to use him for the start, AJ, if you don't want to. But do you have any interest? I have a lot of interest, especially because uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, they know what they're doing with their pitchers, and when they call them up, they're probably ready. Uh, certainly, as we saw yesterday uh, with Milwaukee's game in Chicago, you don't want to take the pitcher making his major league debut, especially on the road. I'm, I'm sorry, you, you, you don't want to do it. Uh, but having said that, uh, you can get a pitcher like that now if, if you hadn't, you know, recalled this player uh if you hadn't thought of him before now now his name is going to be out there someone's going to snatch this guy up so uh as you mentioned the neat fact i found on that is they in their major league debut they have two of the worst first start performances in fantasy history this year and and you know it's it's not surprising and because it's one of those things where 
once you give up the first hit and then you give up the second hit, those nerves are just shot. And you could you could see it. I watch, I watched that first inning and you know the, to me the the heartening thing about it is that he could have gone through that ordeal you know, counsel pulled him, didn't want to, and was, he really wanted to get him through that first inning. He didn't. He had to pull him. He sat him on the bench. But then he watched, uh, you know, Arietta do just as poorly. So, you know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's hope out there. There's hope. You can have a bad inning and get, get, get through it. Let's go to the would you or wouldn't you picks for pitchers. I'll throw you Zach Gallon against the Giants. Yeah, why not? Let's go for it. I'm with you. Yeah, I think he's going to be building up to a full full workload for this game. Sonny Gray makes his return from the injured list. A decent rehab performance on Saturday, this past Saturday. Gets the Cubs at home. I don't know what the pitch count's going to be. A yes or no there? Uh, it's a no, especially because I think the Cubs are, are hitting enough uh, as a team that uh, they're scoring early. They're scoring early. They're not scoring late, but they're scoring early. So <laughs> if you're on a pitch count and you're facing a team that gets off the hot starts, I'm, I'm steering clear of that. I'm with you on that. I'm iffy, too. I'm, I'm very much on the fence on his start. Logan Gilbert, the first of two rookies I'll mention to you. Logan, uh, Logan Gilbert gets the home start against Texas. Um, uh, only if you have to. It's later in the week if you're if you're looking to maybe get get a win uh, out there, roll the dice. But it, just be aware to roll the dice. Alex Manoa against the Rays at home. Not a chance. Not not. I'm not touching Manoa uh, right now. I I, I know he's going to be good uh, eventually, but I I really need to see a little bit more. So I'm a I'm a yes on Gilbert, and I'm on the fence for Manoa. I see. I'm just probably a little more enthusiastic with the Friday games, trying to play the sure, catch sure, up sure. thing, which I've been doing a lot. Hi. I suppose. It's nice. I love how Siri is hearing me and thinking I'm asking it something. Siri, who should I start on Saturday? Oh, boy. Saturday. Well. No response? I wanted to know what Siri's response was, Tristan. Hey, Siri, who should I start on Saturday? You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. (laughs) Hey, can you just say your password out loud really quickly and then we'll just unlock it? It's a thumbprint one. (laughs) Oh, all right. We're off the rails already. Saturday's got eight-day games. ESPN Plus has the Orioles at the Angels. That is a 10.07 Eastern. That's Jorge Lopez versus Patrick Sandoval. Eh, What can I say there? Um, AJ, your preference between starters, the game I'm picking here, is Shane McClanahan at Ross Stripling. Ooh, that's kind of fun. Pick one. That's kind of fun. Uh, I'm going to go with McClanahan. And I I like Toronto's lineup better overall. But uh, mm-hmm. of those two, yeah, I'll go. I'll go with uh, not Rue. I like going with the raw stuff. I can't disagree yeah. with you too much there. That's that's it's that's a good competitive race between the two. I'd say, but yeah, I like it. I like McClanahan a lot. I wrote about him last week. I think it was uh, the Coors game. AJ, it's got Wade LeBlanc and Kyle Freeland. Yeah, right. Hitters, hitters, get in all your hitters. <laughs> <laughs> the Cardinals need to start hitting, that's for sure. They had a bad June. Um, let's see. The yeses or noes, would you or wouldn't you? Kyle Muller against the Marlins. Yeah, yeah. We can start, sure. With you there. Yeah. Look good. Look good on the past two starts. Odorizzi, we mentioned before, he is 54% available. He's at Cleveland. At Cleveland, I will. Uh, especially, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Ramirez kind of fouled the ball off his face yesterday, and if he's out, uh, 
you know, they said it wasn't serious, but you know, who knows? It's, it's swelling. If the swelling doesn't go down, they might give them the day off. Uh, anything that that diminishes a, a lineup even further, sure. And one, of course, for Daniel, would you or wouldn't you, Tariq Skubal versus the Chicago White Sox? Tariq Skubal is a yes for me, always. I am always, I am a Skubal fubal. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> well, I should have been fool. Skubal fool, whatever. You know what I was A Skubal Skubal. I like the Skubal fubal. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, the commissioner of my home league calls him Skubal. That's, yeah, yeah great. <laughs> I like the, the fubal better. Only a man of All no right, scruples Sunday. would not start Tariq Skubal. <laughs> <laughs> White Sox lineup isn't quite what it was. Uh, Sunday, of course, is the 4th of July. Can you believe it? It's here already. That means there's the annual 11.05 a.m. game in Washington, D.C. That is Dodgers at Nationals, and it's Trevor Bauer versus Joe Ross. We won't get into Bauer's off-the-field situation right now. Uh, he's scheduled for that game. I don't know that I feel great about either pitcher in that one, particularly. Picking Bauer if I'm going to take one of the two of them on matchups. Joe Ross, I wrote about the other other day, AJ. I, I just don't know what to make of the guy. Joe Ross. Yeah, uh, it, it's true. I mean, he's a guy who, every time you think he's going to put it all together, suddenly he's throwing a 50-pitch inning and is taken out of his game. I, I, uh, I've i bought in so many times in the past that I can't do so now. Uh, and with Bauer, you know, obviously, who knows, off-field, affecting on-field. But just in general, an 11.05 game, I, want, I really don't want anything like that because it just throws pitchers off their normal routine because this is not a normal start time. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that to be That's a good point there. I had not thought Same thing with like, pa- yeah. when Patriots Day comes around each year. It's like, yeah, it's nice, but I don't, I, yeah. I don't, want, I don't want to do it. Do you remember what happened at this year's? No. <laughs> Lucas Giolito got shelled. There you go. He got absolutely obliterated. I think he gave up six runs in the first inning. It was he seemed off from pitch one. Sure, did all the did all the Good hitters point. rub their hands together with glee as they rounded the bases? <laughs> that's why I was saying it's great seeing this Barrios and Rodon game later today because yeah, that's that that is a little bit of a rivalry between a last place and first place team. Um, ESPN Plus on Sunday has Rangers at Mariners. That's Mike Fulton Navich versus Chris Flexen. That is at 4, 10 p.m. Eastern. And I mentioned the Sunday Night Baseball Mets-Yankees finale at 7. There's also a late-night game. That's at 9, 10 Eastern. So if you're playing catch-up, the Giants at the Diamondbacks have Anthony DiSclafani at Caleb Smith. You could consider either one decent for volume play if you have to chase stats. Uh, Sunday, the Padres have not made it clear whether Blake Snell will be back from his illness in time to pitch at Philadelphia. Uh, he'd be going up against Vince Velasquez there. I actually don't have too many Sunday uh, yes or no plays. So I'll throw Daniel, Mac Manning, going back to a tiger. It's Mac Manning Day. Uh, should I say yes or should I say no? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm always in. Always in on the Tigers. The righties, I, I would say, are usually better against Chicago. AJ, are you going the same, Manning? Uh, no, actually, I, I really like Disclafani. If I'm going to be pulling someone out of, of thin air there, I, I, I like Disclafani a lot the rest of the season. I don't think that 8-3 and three is, uh, is a mirage. I think we're, we're looking at possibly 15 wins this season. So I kind of like that, too. I might take Flexen in the game against uh, Texas there. Uh, <laughs> I could throw you Tyone. Tyone's going to master the Mets, isn't he? Oh, oh, yeah. Man. No doubt. Of all the pitchers who, uh, you know, you you want to see do well, even as a Mets fan, I want to see I want to see him do well. It's just like it's still disappointing what's been happening this year. 
Indeed. We'll see how this goes, AJ. We'll, we'll check in, I'm sure, after the Subway Series since we have so much stakes on this, <laughs> as we've said. Um, anyway, uh, so now we'll get to the next fun part of our show. And, Daniel, you got the guitar going, so we could have some real fun here during the Hash Browns, couldn't we? Oh, yeah. You want to do Hash Browns? I'll just play some music in the background just for I a little, love real it. light while you guys do it, yeah. You're the man if you do, Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got a good number of questions for hash browns. Uh, let's dig up a couple of them here. So we'll start. Where is my first one? We've got uh, Show Baseball is asking AJ, how concerned are we about Chris Bryant's freezing cold streak? And I had his numbers here. In his past 16 games, he's batting 077 with two home runs. I mean, we're not happy about that, certainly, but I certainly uh, like him going forward. I mean, I'm. I was of of the Cubs. I mean, I'm worried about wisdom. Uh, the the injury that took place with him yesterday. Uh, I, I didn't want to go through the whole podcast and not mention that because it really was reminiscent of, to me personally, of of the Cliff Floyd injury uh, back in the day when he came screaming off the field because I happened to be Mr. Med at the time and I was going down the runway as they took Cliff Floyd off the field. And I still hear the screaming in my sleep sometimes. So when I saw him go down, that's what that reminded me of. I had to get that out there because it haunts me. It haunts me. But uh, a streak like Brian's, hey, that's not an injury. That's something that you could rebound from. You know, I I still think Bryant has a lot in him. I, I, I still think of him as a top 40 hitter uh, for the rest of the season. I, I think that potential is there. And sure, at some point, players don't come back all the way. At some point, you know, you stretch, you stretch, you stretch the rubber band, and suddenly the elasticity is there. But I'm not that concerned. I, I like that that analogy there. I mean, his, if you look at his numbers, this has really just provided a correction to what was a hot start, and his numbers are in track. I mean, on track with some of his better years. I don't think he's a superstar in fantasy. I agree with you there. I just, yeah, I think he's a pretty decent player. Probably, probably a top ten third baseman still. Don't you think? Yeah, I, you know. I think a lot of times that we we forget what we projected at the beginning of the season once we get halfway through the season. And if you look at them, if you thought your projection at the beginning of the season was right uh, and you see where they are at the mid- middle of the season, and if there's improvement to reach your projection, then why not you know, buy in because you thought your, your original projection was right and you knew there were going to be hot streaks and cold streaks. You know, it's one thing if a guy you thought was going to hit, you know, 20 home runs and hit 300 is, is got one home run and is betting 083 halfway through. That, that's something to be worried about. But, you know, if someone's on pace generally for what you thought they'd do, then why, why are you worried if they're cold at some point during the season? That happens. The ups and downs. If only you could predict them in advance, you'd have a perfect fantasy team. It's just not the way this game is played. Mike Techner asks, uh, he's in a 12-team points league. So, points league, AJ, here we go. With the playoffs starting on August 2nd, and the reason for this, he says, that's so as to not overlap with football. Interesting. Can't say I like that. I still prefer playing out the full year, but that's an interesting way if you really are deep into the football and are afraid you're going to have people checking out. Are you confident enough that Alex Bregman will be back and productive by then? So August 2nd. We know that Dusty Baker had just said he'll miss another month at least. Uh, Should he target him via trade? Uh, And he's a lock for the playoffs. So this is stashing a guy he could get probably on the cheap. This comes down to what it's going to cost you. Uh, if it's just the cost of a roster spot, then sure, go ahead and stash him. Uh, if it's, like you said, you are fairly confident you're going to make it to the playoffs, 
Uh, a healthy Bregman is a top 50 hitter. Uh, and that, that's being generous uh, with, you know, I'd probably have him higher if he hadn't been injured. Uh, give him a little time to get back into play, play there. I think you could probably still get that type of value from him out of whatever he gives you. So, yeah, if you are confident you're making the playoffs, why not do that? Yeah, it concerns me it's a quadriceps injury with a lengthy timetable, so I agree with you. I think normally I'd say he's a top 25 hitter for me, but you've got to bake in the possibility of either delays, setbacks, or he comes back and gets hurt again. So, yeah, yeah. as long as you can get him at that level. Right, or, or the possibility, you know, you don't know where the teams are going to be in the standings at, at, the, at any given point, you know, if... if just in general, if, if you're expecting a, an injured player to come back and their team is in the, in the playoff race versus in last place, that's going to dictate how much they're going to be overused or, you know, the urgency to get them back in the lineup. It's like, you know, uh, like this is the Noah Syndergaard of it all, like with the Mets. Like there's no reason to bring him back this year if, the, you know, if the Mets are in first place and have it uh, locked up, then, you, you, no, don't rush him back because, you know, you, you ease him back into it. Now, if they're in the height of a pennant race and you need a few more wins, then then they'll rush and bring him back. You know, it all depends on where they are in the standings. Nicholas Polizzi asks, uh, he has Franmil Reyes, and we know Franmil Reyes is currently scheduled to come back Saturday from the injured list. He uh, missed all that time recently due to the oblique injury. So he'll need to drop someone. Which one of these should I drop? Max Kepler, Bobby Bradley, Gio Urshela, Avisael Garcia, Ty France, Willie Adamas, or Ahmed Rosario? We talked about a couple of these players on the show. Bobby Bradley's been great since he got called up. Glad to see Cleveland giving him some playing time there. You could also consider just not you know not using Reyes, letting him go, I suppose. I don't think I'd go that direction, but AJ, where would you go? Uh, you know, uh, just listening to the names on the first pass, the one that really stood out to me is the one one of these things doesn't belong here. He's, these are the people in your neighborhood. Uh, it's Ty France. I, I have no problem uh, of that group saying uh, au revoir to France. <laughs> that was the first name that stood out for me as well. I have not been impressed by what he's done this year. I mean, they're decent stats. He's got the skills. He's not a superstar. I just don't. I think that that's probably the most replaceable of any of those guys. Let's squeeze in one more question here. We'll take. Uh, let's take Dylan Pasquale's question about Bryce Harper. Do you think Harper gets past all the nagging injuries and becomes the second round player he usually is, or does Girardi's shenanigans continue to haunt the Phillies? <laughs> Why can't both be true? I'm a Phillies fan here. I'm shocked. <laughs> Why can't both be true? Uh, Jerry Shenanigans are going to continue to A little column A and a little column B. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is, again, I, I don't I don't not consider Harper a top 20 hitter. I, I, I still consider him that. Uh, I, I get it. Uh, injuries, but injuries are injuries. You know? I, I, I You can't predict when they're going to happen. Uh, it's not a situation where we're talking about a catcher where you automatically have to say, yeah, a catcher injury is going to come back and, 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 and really haunt you later in the season. If Harper's playing, Harper's in my lineup. If Harper is playing and he's in my lineup, he's probably giving me top 20 hitter value. So is he first-round value? Well, not if, not if he's you know number 20. But, again, I, I don't quibble so much about first-round versus second-round. It's when the first-rounder is giving me 25th-round value that I have to worry about it. 
Yeah, and he's not, he hasn't completely fallen off the table. I mean, the numbers are a little bit down. The only thing that really bugs me on the underlying stats are the hard contact rate is down a little bit. K rate is a bit higher than I'd like to see it. But he's still putting together decent numbers. I, mean, I think he'll rebound as well. I agree. I mean, he gives you 15-10 the rest of the way, hitting like 270. Are you going to cry? No, I really don't think you are. No, I mean, will it be first-round numbers? Probably not in that case, but... But, He'd need the 10 steals. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, in a points league, it doesn't even really matter whether, whether you get the steals or not. You know, a, double, a doubles, to me, is the exact same thing as a single and a steal. So, <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Well, this has been a fantastic show. Daniel, awesome job on the guitar. That you I, you got to give me lessons on that because the one thing I've never been able to do in my life is learn how to play the guitar. I am terrible at it. Oh, Tristan, I would gladly teach you how to play the guitar. You've helped me so much. I said this to Eric at the end of the show, too. Like, we, you guys were one of the first shows that I ever had here at ESP, and I had Marty and McGee and, and worked with them, but you guys were one of, like, the first, you know, full-time shows I ever worked on, and I'm so unbelievably grateful for how wonderful of human beings you guys are to, to take it easy on such a, a new young producer like me when I was cutting my teeth in this industry. You and Eric were absolutely phenomenal, and I'm just so thankful for you. So I only usually get to come on this podcast once or twice a season because I'm filling in for Kyle during the off season or something like that. But I wanted to take this time just to say thank you, man. I love you so much. You're one of my favorite people in this in this entire industry, and I'm really glad to be here. Uh, AJ, also really glad that you Awkward. joined. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta express my thanks to you, Daniel. I look. I've been incredibly impressed by how much you have done the, the work you do, especially on fantasy football, uh, both the TV show and the podcast itself. Great work. I mean, you amaze me every day, and I gotta thank you. I I, I miss our shows Aww. together. It's great to have you back here today. Me too, man. Me too. It's it's fun working with you guys. So I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun being able to do this with Kyle out this week. So I so I gotta ask you since I know you're you're the big star on the fantasy football focus podcast. Do we have any previews? Any sneak previews of what's going on there soon? We got a couple of mock drafts coming up. We're gonna go back to being daily on August second. So we will be back with you guys on a regular basis. Right now we're still doing weekly podcasts. Obviously, usually every Tuesday they're coming out. Uh, we have some fun things coming up, especially with Stefania. As we get closer to the season, we always do a big show with Stefania on. Which injuries is she looking out for the most as she is doing her draft prep? Which ones concern her? Which ones don't concern her? So keep an eye out because that's one of the biggest shows that we do all year and it is the most helpful out of anything. Yep. Stefania Bell's work is extraordinary and that is a must listen for me. I always check that one out because I want the deep insight on fantasy football injuries when I'm trying to build my own team. So check it out for that one as well. Daniel, be gentle on me with that mock draft. I really hope you give me a great draft position. I, I Just please be I nice. Will. <laughs> I got you. I got you, man. Don't worry. Don't worry. AJ, I got to thank you for stepping in today. Great work as always. I love what you do with the points leagues and your column today. As I said, everybody should check that out on closers. This to me is one of my favorite pieces that you write all year. And I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about it today. Thank you a thousand times for joining me today. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call him the best color man in the business for nothing, folks. <laughs> Anyway, that will wrap it up for today's Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. And, of course, 
If you're a big baseball fan, you of course need to listen to Buster Olney's podcast, the Baseball uh, Baseball Tonight podcast. Each morning that comes out, they provide you a recap of what you might have missed uh, and insight from those closest to the game. So make sure to check that out as well. We will be back here, of course, again next week. Because of the holiday, Monday, July 5th, we will be recording the Fantasy Focus Baseball podcast on Tuesday, the 6th. So look for it then, but we will get, of course, a call out for the hash brown questions during the weekend. Enjoy your holiday weekend, everybody. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, AJ. And see everybody next time.